Blog Talk Radio. We believe in the American way, and we built this country called the USA, and we fly our flag because we're proud and free, we're Americans. Red, white, and blue is our way of life, we never back down from a challenge or a fight, nature provides, God gives the rights, we're Americans. We make up America, but it's amazing America. Welcome to our Convention of States podcast, That Provident Article. This podcast series is a weekly discussion concerning the fifth article of the United States Constitution, the amending provision, with a general view on the phrase Convention for Proposing Amendments and specific focus on the Convention of States project. My name is Paul Hodson. I am the co-director here in the great state of Texas. Each week we meet to educate ourselves on Article 5 to promote the Convention of States project and its use of Article 5 to reign in our federal government. For more information regarding the Convention of States project, I invite you to visit www.conventionofstates.com. Later in the show, if opportunity allows, our call-in number is 914-205-5632. Further contact information is available at blogtalkradio.com for that provident article. We want to thank Madison Rising, America's most patriotic rock band, endorsers of the Convention of State project, for the use of all the music here on our episodes of That Provident Article. Please visit their website at www.madisonrising.com. And a quick review as we begin our show, Article 5 of the U.S. Constitution is available there in full on blogtalkradio.com on our site. We particularly look at that phrase, Convention for Proposing Amendments, as initiated by the applications of two-thirds of the state's legislatures. And we want to point out the subject matter of our application at the Convention of States. Three points. Impose fiscal restraints on the federal government, limit the power and jurisdiction of the federal government, and limit the terms of office for its officials and for members of Congress. And a very happy Memorial Day weekend to you this uh, May 28, 2016. I'm Paul Hudson of the Convention of States Project here in Texas, the co-director, and this is our podcast, That Provident Article, Convention of States Podcast. We are going to go over some news and then discuss, uh, segue from that news into our discussion this morning. I know I have at least one caller on the line. I don't know if they're just listening in or if they wish to speak, but we're going to go ahead and at least cover the news and our discussion point, and then we'll, we'll get to our caller. Uh, our news this past week, and I've been away for a couple weeks. Let me explain real quick why I took a two-week hiatus. Uh, two weeks ago, I was at the, uh, the GOP convention here in Texas, and we had a great convention. We'll probably discuss some of that next week and what that means nationally as well. And then last, uh, last Saturday, uh, and in fact the last 10 days uh, until a couple days ago, I was on vacation uh, out in California uh, and that will play a little bit into what we discussed this morning. A uh, reminder of the news, you can always go out to our conventionofstates.com website, www.conventionofstates.com backslash news blog, and see the latest news. Those are placed in order, the most current news item on the top. Uh, news around the nation in the last several weeks, uh, the week of our GOP convention here in Texas, the state of Missouri 
the convention of states application was filibustered and it died in the Senate. Now this is two years in a row in which our friends in Missouri and and our friend uh, state director out there Keith Carmichael have been uh, frustrated right at the, at, to the last moment. Uh, two years ago, last session, it passed through the Senate, Missouri Senate, went to the House. They believed they had the votes in the House, and then there was a scandal on the last day, uh, which threw the House of Missouri into an uproar, and business did not get conducted. This year, they got through the House, had a had a huge victory in the House, went to the Senate, and this in the last week of the Senate in Missouri, uh, it was filibustered. None of the senators wanted to use the uh, parliamentarian procedure of calling the previous question. That is something which, out of protocol, they don't like to do. However, for something this important and which they had the votes, we believe they could have done that and gotten that passed. They chose not to do so. So Missouri will have to start all over again. We know that Keith and his team are already fired up to give this another try. We we uh, sympathize and empathize with them here in Texas as we've gone through that and, and other states have gone through that same process. Uh, we like to use that as a, as a teaching point, as how difficult it is to get something passed through a state house and through a state senate, uh, and that is a reason to not fear a runaway type of process. It is difficult to get a bill through. Imagine how difficult it is to get an amendment ratified. Uh, very difficult, and we like to use that as a teaching point, again, for uh, our resolution and for any amendments which might be proposed out of a convention. But the big news this past week was on Wednesday in Louisiana, and they really moved quickly once they got started on this in Louisiana. After floor debate and multiple amendment attempts, their Senate Concurrent Resolution 52, SCR 52, passed resoundingly, 62 to 36, and Louisiana is state number eight to go ahead and approve our application for a convention of states under our, uh, under our subject matter. Very exciting. We've had four states now this year do so, Tennessee, Indiana, Oklahoma, and now Louisiana. The momentum continues to grow for the convention of states project. Um, last bit of news, and then we'll segue back to the Louisiana, uh, Louisiana uh, passage of their amendment, of their resolution. We have a social media campaign which has just started up. Hashtag I am, the letter M, the, the number four, COS. I am for COS, that hashtag. All you have to do is share a selfie where you're holding a paper with that hashtag, hashtag I am for COS, and in the comments, explain why you support using the COS, hashtag I am for COS. Um, it's something you do on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, any of the other social media sites you might be using, that is something that you can go ahead and use to promote the Convention of States project and why you in particular are for that. Okay, we talked about the state of Louisiana and the Senate vote. I was on vacation this past week, and on Wednesday I happened to be at Six Flags Magic Mountain out in California, but with the wonders of iPhones and of an internet connection or data, uh, you are able to watch and log in to see what's going on. So I actually, while I was in line for a ride and then at lunch, I watched some of the proceedings, did not watch everything, the debate on SCR 52 in Louisiana. And I wanted to focus, because we are seeing this in several states now, I wanted to focus on the uh, avenue of attack, which our opponents are beginning to take in these debates. 
and it really has to do with the middle of our subject matter resolution. Uh, and a reminder again of our model resolution has has three points. And I'm at my slides now. If you're looking at those, slide number one, we have the point to impose fiscal restraints. Point number two is to limit the power and jurisdiction of the federal government. And point three is to limit the terms of office for its federal officials and for members of Congress. Now, the first and the third ones are fairly easy to explain if you go to slide number two. Imposing fiscal restraints, uh, that just deals with taxing and spending. So not just a balanced budget, but also we can look at uh, different taxation methods, be it a flat tax, a fair tax, you know, repeal of the 16th Amendment. Any of those are germane to our resolution. Uh, let's jump to the third one, limit the terms of office for federal, for federal officials and members of Congress. That one's also easy to explain to legislators and to uh, citizens. That's just term limits, and we're talking about term limits for Congress and for judges, specifically the Supreme Court, but also other federal uh, officials, federal justices would come under that, that subject. It's the middle one which gets the attack. Uh, to limit the power and jurisdiction of the federal government, sometimes you'll see a big question mark as to what that means. And we go to slide three, some of the, uh, the broad arguments that are made that this is just too broad of a, of a subject matter, you know, limit the power. And they will claim, and these are claims we've heard in several states and was brought up in Louisiana, this opens up the entire Constitution. And then they will get to specifics. The Bill of Rights are at risk. You know, we, we've got folks on the right, the conservative side, who say your Second Amendment rights are, are in danger if you do this because of this. Uh, and was brought up in Louisiana. Uh, the Civil War Amendments, 13, 14, and 15 are at risk. They bring up – I do not make this up – that uh, you could supposedly reinstitute slavery if you pass this application because it is such a broad subject. And then even brought up in Louisiana, women's suffrage rights, the 19th Amendment, are at risk. So they're saying Amendments 1 through 10, 13 through 15, and the 19th Amendment are all at risk, uh, plus the entire Constitution, just because of how this is worded. So let's talk about the responses to these arguments, and we'll look at, at what happened in Louisiana, and they did this for a reason in the, the, the uh, responses they made because of the time limits you have during a debate and trying to get an application passed. Uh, we'll look at the longer bit of, of response you can have, but that's an argument you make before you even get to the floor because it, it takes a bit of time. But the political response is uh, – and let's just talk about politics in its simplest terms. Politics is simply knowing how to count. Mike Ferris makes this point that uh, we know how to count if you can count bodies, and in politics – the majority of the people who are participating are who win, and that's kind of what the whole emphasis of the Convention of States project is. The more participants we have in this, and we can get the majority then of all the participants, we will win. So in regards to our, the state-initiated Article 5 amending process, this means you have to know how to add up to 34 because it takes 34 states to have a convention called, and to be included in that count of 34 – the applications must be materially alike, and materially really means a, a phrase, controlling language. What is the controlling language of your application? So in Louisiana, as uh, different amendments were brought up, and there was an amendment to uh, include, we won't touch the Bill of Rights. I'm sure it was worded a little bit uh, more uh, succinctly than that, but the Bill of Rights would not be 
open to or subject to being touched. And the response was, if you change and amend our application here, Louisiana's application, they no longer will aggregate with those other seven states which have already passed this application. Louisiana would basically be starting over with their own application. And in fact, in the history of the Convention of States type of movement, the Article 5 movement, there are hundreds of applications out there, some of them still live because they have never aggregated to the two-thirds necessary to call a convention. That has not occurred, so Louisiana would just be another one of those tossed into the pile of here's a standalone single one which nobody else is going to join, or maybe you'll get one or other two other states. Now you've got to build up an organization to support that. Same thing happened with uh, an amendment proposed to not touch the language of the Civil War Amendments, 13, 14, and 15, and the Women's Suffrage Amendments, uh, Amendment Amendment 19. But it's the same argument, politically the same argument. If as soon as you touch the application and amend it, putting different language in there, you will not aggregate to the other states which have already passed the exact same language. And one of the uh, Louisiana senators who was responding to these amendment proposals stated you know, the scholars and the wonderful scholars that we have on our legal board of reference, such as Randy Barnett and um, Andrew McCarthy. Uh, and I know I heard Professor Randy Barnett speak when he saw the plan for the Convention of States plan and saw the subject matter. He said, this is how you do it. He's been a proponent of other specific amending proposals, but when he saw the subject matter, this is a constitutional professor at Georgetown Law School the one who was the impetus uh, in driving the original uh, Affordable Care Act challenge in the Supreme Court, a supremely gifted constitutional attorney and professor. He said, this is the way you do it with the, the language which we have in our application. So that's the political game in that you cannot aggregate if you amend, and that's the argument that you'll hear being debated because the other debate takes longer to – to go, to go through, and that's the philosophical side, slide five. We want to look at that. The philosophical response to the argument that this is just too broad of a, of a subject, to limit the power and jurisdiction of the federal government. Well, limitive, limit is the operative word in that uh, subject. It is the controlling language. We want to limit the power. So let's talk about the first uh, amendment that was proposed about the Bill of Rights. Well, the Bill of Rights themselves also describe limits. And they describe limits on the federal government. We're going to go through them fairly quickly, all ten of them. The First Amendment, Congress shall make no law. There's a limit on Congress. The second one, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. So again, it's a limit on the federal government. The people have rights. The Third Amendment, no soldier can be quartered without the consent of the owner. Again, a limit on the government infringing on the rights of a private property owner, right? the owner of the property. The Fourth Amendment, the right of the people to be secured, secure in their papers. That's the search and seizure amendment, uh, the Fourth Amendment. Again, that's a, that's a limitation on what the government, the federal government can do to a private person. Fifth Amendment, no person shall be held, nor, nor shall private property be taken, the takings clause. There in the Fifth Amendment, uh, again, that's a, a, a limitation on the federal government infringing on the rights of persons and their property. The Sixth Amendment, the accused 
shall enjoy the right to a speedy and public trial. Again, an infringement on the federal government, uh, a limitation on them that they cannot just railroad somebody through in a trial. And of course, that the Sixth Amendment, a great example of the right to face your accuser and to have a trial by jury. The Seventh Amendment, the right of trial by jury shall be preserved. Okay, so you cannot bypass that. The federal government, again, has limitations put on it and, and in the states as well because the federal government supersedes in anything in which is actually enumerated. The Eighth Amendment, excessive bail shall not be required, nor excessive fines imposed, nor cruel and unusual punishments inflicted. Again, limitations on the federal government are part and parcel of the Bill of Rights. The Ninth Amendment, the enumeration of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people, and that is the important part there in the Ninth Amendment. The people, again, are the ones who are protected in the Bill of Rights. The limitations are placed on the federal government. And of course, the Tenth Amendment, the powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution, nor prohibited by it to the states, are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. Again, the Tenth Amendment specifically a limitation already on the power and jurisdiction of the federal government. So to argue that the Convention of States resolution to limit the power and jurisdiction of the federal government would open up the Bill of Rights is an illogical argument because opening up the Bill of Rights would increase the power of the federal government. If you want to undo any of those ten rights in the Bill of Rights, you're not talking about limiting the federal government's power. You're talking about increasing their power over the people or over the states over their property. We're going to have the exact same arguments when we move to the Civil War Amendments, 13, 14, and 15. 13th Amendment dealt with slavery and involuntary servitude. The 14th Amendment deals with your personal rights that are guaranteed, citizenship, due process. 15th Amendment, personal your right to vote regardless of your race, color, previous condition of servitude. Again, those are limitations on the power and jurisdiction of the federal government already because of how those amendments are worded, they are giving protections to the individual. So it's an illogical argument to state that this subject matter in the Convention of States resolution would open up to give the federal government more power. That's precisely what those amendments already do is limit their power. It's an illogical argument to say we're going to open those up and give the federal government more power. The argument in the convention would be if somebody actually proposed something as preposterous as um, let's reinstitute slavery. I can't even imagine somebody having the gall, even if they believe that, the gall to stand up and state that. Uh, first, they would be voted down, but, but it would be out of order in saying that's not limiting the power of the, of, and jurisdiction of the federal government. That's exactly the opposite. You are asking for the federal government to increase their power and actually hold somebody in servitude or allow someone else to hold somebody in slavery or servitude. And finally, the exact same argument on women's suffrage, the right to vote for women, the 19th Amendment. Again, that's a limitation on the, on the federal government. Uh, there used to be a constraint in which women could not vote. The 19th Amendment was passed specifically to allow women to vote. So if somebody was to propose an amendment, hey, we want to keep women or men from voting, either one, that's an infringement on a personal right that is given and granted in the Constitution and for women specifically in the 19th Amendment 
to change that and to remove that right from the individual is actually to increase the power and jurisdiction of the federal government. So illogical arguments, again, for the expediency and time, you'll hear uh, the argument in these states that for aggregation purposes and political purposes, we need to keep the subject matter the same so that we can get this process continuing to move uh, and continuing the momentum. And, and thanks to the folks in Louisiana, they did some terrific work in the last few weeks that they had uh, all of this happen, uh, came to a head all at once in their House and their Senate. Their votes actually have just occurred in the last few weeks. And congratulations to the team there in Louisiana. So what's ahead here for the Convention of States? Uh, we've stated a few weeks ago we're, we're organized in all 50 states. We've now passed in eight states. We're active in dozens of others, and, and active can mean you're either active in legislation or you have your, your sponsors already set for the next session. We've seen the opposition has now put forth their best arguments. Okay, the arguments that, we're, that this application is going to attempt to reinstitute slavery, um, that's about as ridiculous as you can get. If you can't beat that argument, uh, you have no business than being involved in this project. Uh, you can go to the conventionofstates.com site to see what is going on. And in 2017, as, as that's not that far away, we expect the momentum will continue. And in, we anticipate a big push, by the way, here in Texas when Texas joins the fray in the, on the only way that Texas can in a big way. And, and we will save that probably for next week's episode to discuss some of what's happening here in Texas and how that affects everyone nationally. We have a few minutes here. I'm going to go ahead and open up the phone line. I've got uh, someone on hold here whose last number, their last four digits ended 9450. So I'm going to go ahead and open up. Caller, you are on the air on that Provident article. If you wish to be. Who, who, who are we speaking with? And that person may just be wanting to listen, and that's fine. We have a few minutes left before the uh, episode ends, and we do thank you all for listening in. Uh, again, let me let me recap very briefly what's occurred in the last top, well two weeks ago and what's occurring here in Texas because we believe it is going to uh, affect the nation. We pushed in a big way at the Texas Republican Convention two weeks ago, uh, the Convention of States Article 5 plank in the Texas platform. Two years ago, we were the first state to successfully put that plank in the platform. At that time, uh, we were somewhat stealth mode. The Convention of States project was less than a year old, and to be quite frank, we were barely weeks old when we started the process here in Texas two years ago. Um, but we were impressed, surprised, and amazed with how much momentum we got two years ago and got the plank going. Um, at that point, uh, then we be it became obvious that we were made aware uh, to the opposition. And they were supposedly geared up for us this past uh, convention to try and stop the plank or amend the plank. Uh, but, of course, in between 2014 and 2016, something very important happened here in Texas, and that was Governor Abbott on January 8th of this year coming out and calling on this to be not just an, a legislative priority for the state of Texas in our coming session, but the legislative priority. And if you doubt that that's important to him, 
go ahead and listen to Mark Levin's episode just from two days ago in which he interviewed Governor Abbott, and he emphasized, again, the importance of that being a legislative priority here in Texas. And there's a, there's a section of the Texas Republican platform which lays out, and even though it's priorities, it's the very last page, which you know, as politicians go and as politics go, of course you put your priorities at the end, right? Well, the, the top five priorities are listed there, and they're not in any particular order. But one of those top five priorities is an Article 5 Convention of States call, a piece of legislation, and it's really specifically geared to the Convention of States application. And uh, we fought hard for that two weeks ago. Uh, we had some amazing folks come out and testify. Um, we've put some things out on, on YouTube. We haven't gone real public with that yet because we, we're all still recovering from the convention. Uh, and Governor Abbott has kicked off his book tour, and that's another reason why he was on Mark Levin's radio show just this past Thursday promoting his book, which is uh, an analogy of his life and to the broken federal government and the ability to uh, – we have the power to restore that through an Article 5 convention, uh, amending convention process. So with that all said, and let me check and see. We have no other callers waiting on hold. I'm not going to go ahead and, and uh, try and pull anyone else up. Um, we're going to go ahead and close out. I don't want need to vamp any further. We want to thank Madison Rising for allowing us to use their music, intro and outro, and here we go. We'll talk to you next week. And thank you once again for listening to that Provident article. We appreciate your listening. My name is Paul Hudson. I'm the co-director here in Texas, the Convention of States Project. We want to thank Madison Rising for all the music that they provide here, our intro and outro. Go out to their website, www.madisonrising.com. We invite you also to go out to our Convention of States website, www.conventionofstates.com. We want to thank the Convention of States Project, Mark Meckler, founder and president, Citizens for Self-Governance, Michael Ferris, head of the Convention of States Project, and a big, big thank you to our entire Texas Convention of States team. And we invite you to join us again next week for another episode of That Provident Article.